This is a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. Find us at k103.se. Due to copyright, the music is shortened. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thank god this isn't live. We're back, you're back. I mean, both and you're listening to the show about nothing and we haven't been here for a while because we've been on a, a little break and yo yo and, and we just saw each other for the first time again since the break so i'm really excited to see my colleagues here we have max hello and marie hey and i'm fatima and this show is going to be uh, not not really different but we're, it's just going to be us and we're really cool and i hope you guys are Fine with that. Because we're really cool. Because <laughs> we're really cool. Um, and we're going to be discussing uh, a topic. I would call it group identities. But after searching, I don't really know if that's like the right definition of what we're going to talk about. But I'll get back to that. First, I really want to know you guys. How's it been? What you've been up to? But you know us already. I do know you, but I don't know what you've been up to. So yeah, of course. Um yeah, so what, Christmas and New Year's, usual stuff, um, getting drunk with the family on Christmas, um, <laughs> getting drunk on New Year's with the friends, uh, lighting a bunch of firecrackers, burning down a field, you know, the usual stuff. Um, Do you guys drink eggnog? No, we don't drink eggnog. I've never tried it's it. I'm we, just we, really, really curious about so, it. So I'm German, so we, we, we drink a lot of Glühwein, which is basically mm. warm wine. Um, is that like Glug? It's like Glug, it's just a lot better. Uh, is it less sugary? E- less um, sweet? Um, yeah, I and it has so. more alcohol, I think. <laughs> yeah, more alcohol, and it usually comes in like this really small paper cup that is brim filled with like 400 degrees Glühwein. And you're like standing outside in a group, and everyone's trying to figure out a way to hold this cup without getting completely burned. Yeah, yeah, so it's like. You can um, have it from different things, actually. Like there's uh, Blaubeer Glühwein. Like it's like there's a, the average one, like the normal one that's like red. And then yep. there's also white and like... True. Yes, yes, yes. I had for the first time white uh, Glühwein, which was really good. Hot wine with a bunch of herbs, like, I don't know, I guess cinnamon and a couple of other things that are unidentified. <laughs> and they float on the top on the pot. And it's mm-hmm. it's very good. And you get like a ladle and you just ladle into a, pla- uh, and a paper cup and you burn yourself a lot. But it's very good. No. Nice. Did you get, have time to drink any glug-glug-glug-glug as well? Glühwein, <laughs> glühwein. Uh, yeah, actually that was one of the things I was looking forward the most when going home. Because here you often have to pay like entrance if you want to go to the Christmas market in Liseberg, for example. And home, they just have it like uh, set up during the whole December in like the city center. And you can just like stroll over the Christmas market and have like snacks and glühwein and meet friends, buy tiny presents. So I've been like reuniting with my friends uh, over several cups of uh, different colors of uh, glue vine. So yeah, that sounds really amazing. Yeah. How about you? Oh, what have I done? Uh, I was in France. Uh, I was in sunny France. We had like a lot of, Aww. a lot of yeah, as I said, a lot of sun, and um, it made me, it gave me like, a lot of energy because it's it's so dark during the winter time here in Sweden, and we've talked about this before. Everybody knows it. Uh, so it was it was amazing. I mean, I was just chilling, reading, and taking in the sun what temperature are we talking i mean we're not talking 30 degrees uh, it was like um i mean 15 i suppose wow. 10 15 still. but still like with the sun on top mm. of you and you could just like 
uh, go out and drink mm. your coffee in the morning outside, mm. which is, I mean, amazing. I, I remember that I was uh, also having like very nice sunny days and there was like a lot of them. So the first two, three ones, I would like totally soak up the sun and then I would be like getting used to it again. So yeah, th th it really makes a difference in how you feel. It does, totally. So the subject today anyway is, gonna, <laughs> I'm just switching back to it. We're going to talk about social identities. Do you guys uh, associate anything in particular, like straight off the... Yeah, like, um, so well, I mean, social roles, stereotype, maybe bullying a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're 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 shaking you're 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 nodding your head because you were a big part of the bullying uh, <laughs> yeah, community. Um, I'm gonna have time to justify, like, to to explain myself because I'm a kind person. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live. K103 Gothenburg Student Radio, 103.1 megahertz. So if you guys are born in like the late 80s or the 90s, I think you all recognize that song. It was a cover of Every Time by Sandri Lurch and Adam Akuraji. I'm sorry for the pronunciation um, if I <laughs> offended anyone. Uh, we were talking about what I was doing during the break, and I didn't mention that I actually starting started teaching in, I think it's secondary school. It's in Sweden, it's called Högstadiet. So the kids are like, I don't know, 13 to 15, I think, in that during mm -hmm. like around that age. And um, I don't know, how were you guys in, in during that age? Like, were you calm, nice kids or rebellious teenagers? I was, I was really bad at school. I had a bull haircut. <laughs> um, I was I was kind of like the the odd sheep out. Uh, I also was struggling a lot with dyslexia, so I had like constantly basically no free time where you you end up going home studying to learn to catch up, and then like at school you you go to like special classes to to like catch up, but the classes move slower, so it's like paradox. So you basically end up even further behind. I mean, it wasn't a good time, but yes, <laughs> not a good time for Max. How about you, Marie? I'm sorry that I had to laugh so much. I was just imagining Max with a bull, <laughs> bull haircut. Um, it's not that hard to do. Just put a bull on my, like, you know. But it was fashionable at the uh, time. It was not fashionable oh, at the time. On. Not for a kid. Uh, fine, so fine. So you were trying to set a new trend. Maybe it worked. I don't an, know. An old trend, yeah. Yeah, okay. no, a new old one. Well, uh, I think like to this, actually, I think during 13 and 15, I was actually uh, morphing into being more of like my own person. Also, like what when it comes to my looks so while my dad was cutting my hair for like really really long I think like I went to the hairdresser for the first time very late so I think I must have been 12 and then I was, so was you were like, like rebelling going like dad you're not gonna cut my hair this yeah, time I'm, I'm a, my own I'm person. a girl now <laughs> I don't know but yeah it was the time when I would be like trying out and uh, different things and like trying to be like taking my own decisions and uh I think I was looking really funny because I was like generally into like a lot of colors. So I would color code like the weirdest colors with the weirdest patterns. So there's like pictures of me wearing those tights that are like blue, but they have pink dots. And then I'm having like an orange skirt and like a green uh, shirt. And I just felt like, yes, I have all the colors of the rainbow, but I just looked hilarious. Okay. Nice how you have a self and a like outside perception. Yeah, but uh, I do like my, when I think of you, Marie, I actually do think of a lot of color, but do you really feel like, because when I'm thinking of myself at that age, I feel like I've changed a lot. Like, mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, you're right. Certain aspects of my personality probably started developing at that time, but there was still like, a search of 
like how do my clothes define me i don't think we actually think about it that at that time but you start to dress like as certain groups and i'm gonna like this is gonna ease us into the actual subject that we're gonna talk about mm -hmm. uh but first i want to kind of make a little disclosure because we will be generalizing a bit talking about stereotypes and stuff so if anybody gets offended then just don't say anything about it all right it's all fatima's fault <laughs> oh my bad I'm, we'll, I'm we'll bad. give out She's her the, I'm the bully. Yeah. exactly <laughs> we'll give out her email address and you can send all the hate mail to her <laughs> so what i noticed when i started uh teaching was that the kids are like well you know basically in groups and you have like the i'm sorry kids the annoying kids that are really i'm also like i'm a substitute so they're really really testing me but they're so annoying like i had this one little teenager i'm not i'm not supposed to say child but he was um pretending to every time i spoke to him he was pretending to have um, a seizure so i would just like turn towards him and he was sh would shake his whole body and be like i don't understand what you're saying for 20 minutes and i was like I, I he's don't, dedicated yeah i don't know what to do with that i'm like oh, come on but anyway so he this guy he was grouped up with the other annoying people and uh, then there was like another group of really kind trying to flirt with me to get on my good side to get good grades the suck-ups or something mm -hmm. anyway and then what i found fascinating uh, was that it still it really hasn't changed since i was in school like the, we still have the same groups we have the sporty ones we have the kind ones we have the geeky ones we have the annoying rebellious ones do you feel like can you relate to any of this did you guys grow up in this kind of environment as well in germany like your school was it uh, did you guys have the groups as well uh, yeah for sure i was just now thinking of where was i sitting in the room because i feel that a lot of like social patterns in the classroom go along with where you sit like there's the first row like the people that either have been too loud when sitting in the back so they needed to come to the front <laughs> yeah. uh, so they would be supervised more or they were sitting in the front row because that's where I can see everything and I can pay attention and I'm close to the teacher. I think I was always like somewhere in the middle. Uh, trying to be neutral? Or? Trying to be like kind of yeah maybe not neutral but just like yeah ever yeah something like average and then I would the older I would get I would like try to move to the back because I was you know trying to be cooler and I felt like the cool people were in the back yeah. that, that being said actually I was in a German class when I was in I think eighth grade and I was put on an empty table far in the back of the room because I was talking too much. <laughs> so they ended up calling that in German as a Strafbank, uh, uh, which is the like the punishment, the punishment bench. bench. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever someone was too loud, they got sent to my bench. And I was like, hey, welcome. And really? they were like, oh, no, not this guy. But did they try another approach? Like, did they try to put you up front before? No, because it's like putting you in the back is like, let's just ignore him. We can't yeah. do it. He's a lost case. Yeah, basically. That, I, 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 I kind of annoy teachers a lot. Yeah. So... Yeah, I, so, I, so you, you wouldn't like me as a <laughs> as a student. So you're the kid shaking. No, 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 no. But I would try to like you know, un just above uh, belt line, kind of like sneak in as money at as many hits as possible. Oh, wow. Without being too uh, too overboard that I get sent to the. Uh, principal's office but i did know them very well at all schools i've been at so yeah. but i mean coming back to the substitute thing i just remember like th this is the greatest fun like we did it to every substitute they, they, i don't know if that's having seizures 
<laughs> no, no, but you know, they always want to have like a seating plan. Like that was a thing when I was going to school. So there was like, the teacher comes in and it's like new class. Uh, you don't know anyone. So you're like asking one of the kind ones being like, can anyone please write me a seating plan? So you have like the people sitting where and then with the names. And then there was always like some kind of nerd that would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I gonna do it. Hermione attitude. <laughs> and then you would like uh, pass this list around so everyone would like write down their names and we would always give ourselves like fake names something that no one uses like Dörte or uh, is that like a really old that's name? a real old odd was like random name okay and you know of course like everyone knew that no one is called like this and then you sit there and that like the substitute knows that that's not the name but what am I supposed to say so you like read it and then everyone is laughing at you and you really need to have this like self-confidence and uh, I ended up taking like Uh, I studied to become a teacher for a year and then I ended up being in the same situation like as I put the people in before and I just hated it so much so I couldn't continue <laughs> studying to be a teacher because my stress resistance and annoyance level was just like easily reached and yeah. little ch children can sorry oh. kids or whatever you want to call them can be really really mean yeah yeah i was gonna like the first I, i'm just i have two examples of really annoying children the first my first class two kids went up took like red sticks and starting playing started playing um, star wars and you know i'm not allowed to touch the children so like how do i <laughs> you get yourself a them. stick too and you're and like, like i'm your mother and just beat the crap out <laughs> I, of them i am your mother children <laughs> um but this class actually we actually i actually got a name list of uh, huh? so i had an official name list but they do have a box in this school the children are not allowed to have phones so mm, they are used to putting cool. their phones in this uh, gray box so this one kid the same kid that was shaking a lot was trying to do like this maneuver so i wouldn't look at what was happening behind my back and so he just he was like i'm just gonna go out the window and he just opened the window and started walking out the window and and um, they're just trying like they think kind of you're real that you're really stupid as a substitute like you said you mm. know that the name is not real you know what's going on mm. but you still you're just kind of powerless to do anything about it also as the substitute you don't you don't really know how to handle the children if you should go on a, like be the angry dictator or if you should be like hey i'm the cool guy you know or it's it's really difficult But anyway, we're kind of side uh, sidetracking uh, a bit too much. So uh, social identities, I actually looked it up on Wikipedia, which is a really good source of information. Oh, very reliable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always donate to them. You do? Yeah. Nice. Uh, so in the 80s and, uh, 70s and 80s, uh, we started to study the concept of social identity. Uh, social identity theory and I'm going to write a, uh, read a quote here uh, let's see if I can read social identity is the portion of an individual self-concept derived from perceived membership in a relevant social group social identity theory introduced the concept of a social identity as a way in which to explain intergroup behavior yes excuse me miss substitute can you speak English Was it that bad? It was. It was medical terms and okay. I could follow. <laughs> <laughs> You're the good one. I'm the nerdy one. So oh, man. God, I'm well, not sitting far enough behind. Well, <laughs> need yeah. to sit further back. Go to the punishment ah, table. <laughs> I don't want to go there. <laughs> well, uh, well, as I read it, I was also a bit confused actually, because when I heard, like, when I was thinking group identity, social identities, I was more thinking that it was. Um, Like, what way do I identify myself and to which group do I go? But it's actually a way of um, to explain what's actually happening within already identified groups. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Remember the definition. 
Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Useless. <laughs> Let's try that again. Thank god this isn't live. K103, Göteborg Studentradio. And we're back. And uh, during the pause, we just heard something really hilarious. And uh, <laughs> I mean, nice as, as well. And I want to share it with you guys. Or maybe, Max, do you want to take it yourself? I feel like you're bullying me again here. No, uh, it's so just part of my personality. Yeah, so so we were talking, and uh, I mentioned that the other day I was talking to a friend o- over the internet, over a microphone, and they were like, "Wow, Max, what happened? What happened in Sweden? You you sound so much more manly." <laughs> I think it's so, so now lovely. the question for you listeners: uh, Did you perceive a change of his voice? Do you think he sounds more manly? Yeah, vo- vote on our Facebook page uh, <laughs> if I sound more <laughs> manly or not, and. Uh, Send yeah. us your manliest emoji on the socials. If you if you get like a, a yes, you should you sound more manly. I'm gonna get you a really really manly gift. Oh, you are. Yeah. yeah. What is if I get a no? Then Do I get a dress? Get, no, you get pink no. nail polish. Pink yeah. nail polish. Fair enough. <laughs> and lipstick. Um, but back to the actual subject. So we were talking about identity, and I don't know. Should I really? Do I have to go through it again about what Wikipedia said? No, no. it's too complicated. No. Too it's, boring, I think, too like s- to summarize it, it was just like it was. Is about like how do you perceive yourself and your own like membership in a social group, and how does this perception of yourself affect your behavior in that group? Thank you. I'll give you a big star on the end. In the end of the day. Oh. Um, I was uh, thinking about me. I'm born in Sweden, and I have a, one Swedish parent, and I, I, I do consider myself being Swedish. But as I grew up, my only wish was to leave this country. Like I always felt like I don't like Swedes, and I don't like the Swedish system. And I was really, I had a lot of prejudice, I suppose, uh, as a child. And it wasn't really until I. I moved abroad that I realized how much I actually identify with Sweden. I was all I found myself always comparing like the system and with the Swedish system. Like the Swedish su- school system is so much better than any other system. Like that these are all my thoughts not facts. Uh but so I was I was always doing that and and I think I was like I was over 20 when I realized that hey, I actually identify as a Swede. And uh, I wanted to know like do you guys, uh, first of all, do you guys identify as Germans? Do you feel like you're German or do you feel like you're a, a, a world citizen? Because I used to say that when I was a kid. So uh, I got to say I have the, about the same problem as you did. I grew up with a mother that's American-Italian. Uh, my German and my English are not perfect. So I never was really seen in... Oh, I went to an international school for a lot of my time uh, in Germany. And so I was never really seen as like a German-German, but I was never really seen as like any sort of English-speaking nation. Um, at the same time, though, home is home, right? I mean, sure, home is where the internet is, apparently, but <laughs> home is home, and there is certain things that I do miss uh, when whenever I live somewhere else. But at the same time, there's a lot of things that are just a lot better than in Germany. Like, um, I don't know, the buses here in Sweden are a lot cooler because they have, like, two accordion pieces and they can't go backwards. But <laughs> What really matters, eh? Yeah, what really matters, yeah, yeah. They can't go backwards, though. So that's that's the only flaw in the whole thing. It makes me think of one thing I, I really miss when I'm abroad, and uh, it's uh, do you say tro- how do you say trottoir? Uh, sidewalk. 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 Yeah. Like sidewalks. Sweden has good sidewalks, and I yeah. took that totally for granted before I went uh, abroad. Because sidewalks, at least uh, I've been mainly in the south of France, they're horrible. 
yeah, and you go to America and they don't exist. It's just a white painted line on the asphalt of the street, and you're like, how is this going to protect me? I don't feel safe. I mean, <laughs> there's no bump that yeah, would send exactly. the car in the other direction. Exactly, there's no bump, so the driver's like, oh, I fucked up before he hits you. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I've never been to the to America. Yeah, don't go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you definitely do not identify with the American part of your no. parents. No, no, I don't. Uh, what about you, Marie? So I was living in Spain for a while, and I would identify more as a maybe German in some situations. But then sometimes I would r- rather go to this like uh, like uh, uh, like top heading. Uh, uh, how do you say like category of maybe identifying as an European? And then I think like that's maybe the identity I would go for most because I really like uh, Europe and I feel there's like a lot of values that I can identify with personally that entail all the differences maybe even in sidewalks Uh, but I just also know that's a very like uh, privileged and nice uh, place and I think then often when I meet like people from overseas that are from let's say America South America uh, Australia then then I feel like I'm the European rather than the German and uh, then here in Sweden sometimes I'm then sometimes I'm the German, but sometimes I'm also just the exchange student. And uh, there's like so many identities you have. Absolutely. It's very interesting. But when you meet, when I'm with you and you meet someone that is also German, mm. you always say at least one thing in German. Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I've thought about it too. I don't, I, it's mm. not like a... a I, I speak mean. very little German here because I study in English. I'm speaking more and more Swedish now and I don't really have a lot of German friends. So it's not really a language I'm using that often. Neither when I'm on the phone, uh, except for when I'm talking to my family, maybe. And uh, that's why I kind of like enjoy having this like common marker when I meet another of those like Germans that yeah. I'm like just... Uh, reinforcing like yeah that's you know we're like from the same we share something and then you can whatever be different again i mean i think it's really interesting because i've studied a lot of languages and we've always discussed like identity and language and an interesting aspect is like like i'm in a relationship where uh, with two languages my my partner speaks another language and I, i speak swedish and and i feel like i'm changing depending on the language i'm speaking so some, I remember when I was living abroad with my partner, I could feel like such a, it could be so comfortable to just like sit down and yell stuff in Swedish. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like I could express me for some time. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a link like uh, in that way with the, the German language? I, I would definitely say what you would just say that you express yourself differently. Maybe also that you portray your character differently is absolutely true because, um, or at least... The most obvious time this happened to me was uh, I was on a Flixbus, one of those buses filled with farts, um, going from <laughs> going from Munich to uh, Frankfurt, and uh, I ended up sitting next to a drop dead gorgeous girl, and I started talking to her, and I was trying to flirt with her, but like she was having none of it until I switched to English, and then she was like, "Oh, I really like your your character in English uh, way more than in German for some reason. Probably she was sick of me already." But wow, nice. Um, but she was was she German? She was German, but she could speak English very well because she was studying abroad or something rather. But I don't isn't remember. Isn't that like a natural change if you're both in German and you go like, "Hey, let's speak English instead," and you that's fun. Yeah. Uh, but so, how did you guys do when you came to Sweden? When it comes when it comes to finding like a group identity or like finding a context in which you are comfortable with? Because for me, like the language thing was, I was feeling uncomfortable mm. not being able to speak my language. One said to like the first time I came to Sweden for longer was uh, by now four years ago when I uh, went on an exchange up in the north in Umeå 
and I had to write like a reflection on my uh, learning experience abroad. How do you learn and based on language and then also outside of the language? And I think I was defining it like this, that since I didn't really know Swedish on a good level then, that I felt super insecure using it. And I felt that this like insecurity in a language was really affecting my personality because I'm usually this extrovert, outgoing, loud uh, center of attention person. And I wouldn't be able to do that and maintain that level of like loudness in Swedish. So I would uh, build that like, you know, if you I'm a metaphorical person as well. So if you like uh, look at me and I'm like the house and I would build this like safety zone of English around me that was also not like my original identity that would have been German or something but I would like create this buffer zone of like build a fence around your house and then in the garden you only speak English and everyone who wants to interact with you in that like safety space has to enter the same language level which would be then English and uh, yeah so it, it can really affect you a lot and now having like returned to Sweden uh, it took me a year to actually leave that like being afraid of using Swedish feeling and just being fine with like also talking and making mistakes so now that I've been here for like a year and a half I'm like finally reaching that point where I'm like starting to just have conversations in Sweden uh, Swedish because but you need to get rid of that like weird insecurity feeling that can really affect you like yeah like I'm a total different person but do you feel now that as though you can like like you portray your identity in Swedish as well in a way I mean it's practice you get better at it um, I would not say that they're ever going to be matching matching so for me as a person that's also studying in the field of communication and languages for example like if I wanted to join like a, I don't know event management like radio job later on I think that it will be really hard to portray the same characteristics that I have when I'm speaking German because I still feel that I will be limited for a very long while like still here in Sweden because I'm just like you really that's like years of practice to have like the same humor and the same like jokes yeah. and you've stuff. had all your life to practice yeah. on your German so identity that's like a thing too work around uh, hopefully <laughs> yeah i was uh, i wanted to go back quickly to because you were talking about you feel like you more ha you have more of a, a european identity well yes mm -hmm. while talking about europe uh i wanted to know because when i say europe i basically associate europe to the european union um I, do you guys agree or do you like have a another take on europe yeah i, n I never really thought about it but yeah I probably would associate also with the eu including a couple other countries too i don't know it's hard f to define in a way i would say uh if i refer to europe i don't really only refer to like the european union but then it do, you do have a point because i remember when i was like traveling and i've been doing a lot of road trips like through the balkans or i've been like lately trying to explore the east that is not really the east but from a german perspective like the east starts like when you cross the border to poland in a way really yeah, because it's this like very Western focused, like, I don't know, approach we have in a lot of things. So like the East is like kind of starting there. And I've been traveling in uh, Belarus, it's yeah. in English. And uh, I obviously don't speak Russian. And I've been there with my partner who does know the language. And I felt like coming home when we entered in Latvia again, because then it was like, you know, a European country again. And even though people would still speak a lot of Russian there and uh, Latvian, which I don't understand, I would 
just have this like feeling of okay but now we are like back to this infrastructure of like you can book a bus online and you can look up things in like schedules and you just have like some infrastructure that you are like used to and it makes this feel like you like you can move there a little bit more secure and uh, I can imagine that this is something which is like I don't know connected to this Europeanness for me. I mean, to be fair, there is countries where, or, or parts of countries in Europe where you cannot book a bus online. I know, it was, I was secure. just realizing that yeah, it's a maybe stupid example to say like, oh, all the countries that are not European Union, like they don't have internet and you can't do stuff <laughs> online. It was just like the example now that popped in my head because it was like a huge difference between Belarus mm. and uh, which might also be like connected a lot to history and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah. I think we can... Uh, conclude that it's difficult to define a European identity and maybe that a European identity would be a diverse one. United in diversity, yo! <laughs> oh my god, we're approaching 30! Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Useless! <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live! So, uh, Fatima, before, uh, while the song was playing, I was being bullied again, as I usually am, apparently. <laughs> so, uh, you, you said before you were going to justify this. So, where is it? I mean, I'm not going to justify the bullying. I'm sorry if I bullied you. I d that was never my intention, just partly. Um, but I was going to talk about bullying and explaining that I'm not really a bully. But it, this is just going to sound like a really poor excuse, uh, because you, you kind of... Do, do we want to go back into your childhood for the? the we're gonna we're we're getting there, but it's still gonna sound as a really poor excuse because you kind of become the person you hang out with, I suppose. I'm coming back to school again, and when I was in in secondary school, I was uh, hanging out hanging out with the older kids that were kind of the bullies in school. Basically, all we did was playing cards. Like I skipped a lot of class to play cards instead. Like poker? We did play poker. Like we played Whoa. Chicago and we played um, uh, and um, like a lot of different games. And I remember, like my Eva, I, it was so established that I was just playing card games that my teachers came out with like Fatima, you need to get to class now. And I was like, I'm just gonna finish the get this game. And they're like, All right. And I cool. just did another one. You had authority. <laughs> yeah. No. Nah, um. But uh, I was part of uh, like I was hanging out with this group. Even though I saw myself as kind of a neutral person because I was also in the sport jocks group because I was also very very sporty money bullies are in that group too that's true that's true I was part of this bullying group wasn't bullying I was always going like oh stop it don't be ridiculous don't call out on that guy or say whatever to that geek but I was also part of this organization called friends I was a friends ambassador it's an anti-bullying associate association how controversial <laughs> totally totally And maybe it was just for my conscience or something. But uh, and I remember once uh, um, I went to defend this guy who was like people were throwing him in the snow and like they were really mean to him. And I was trying to defend him and I was telling them like to stop. And this guy, uh, the guy that was being bullied, he, he was like turned to me and he, he got angry with me because he thought I was making fun of him. He thought I was because I was part of this, the, like I knew I was hanging around playing cards with the bullies that I was mean by association um, which is also interesting when it comes to group mm. identities and just like being knowing certain people you will always be associated with them and I mean I, I'm, I'm not saying I was an angel and it's kind of in my head now as an adult person I think it sounds like a poor excuse if you want to have more stories of Fatima um, <laughs> bullying throwing stones climbing up trees and getting hurt uh, <laughs> there is a couple of other stories in the previous episodes if you want to go back and yeah 
I had a way of justifying doing mean things by thinking that I was a good person, I suppose. But did you guys, were you guys ever off, like, uh, victims of bullying or ever bullying? Because even if you're not, like, an outspoken bully, you could still get kind of that identity assigned to you when you're within a certain group, like, for survival. Like, I remember when I was even younger, I was in this big girls group, and we were all kind mm. of joining up against another uh, because that was a normal thing to do. Like, not liking this person was normal, and so you had to kind of be mean. I was that person. <laughs> the mean one or the, the no one the the one that no one liked the out the oh. wolf the lone wolf I think I'm like I'm I'm I really enjoy being like in groups and in several groups and having like a lot of friends and I said before that I'm this I don't know center of attention person which goes hand in hand with like always being surrounded by a lot of people so I wouldn't be like the class clown but I would I would kind of be in that like safe middle field of like being part of enough cool groups but also not being like the coolest but also not being like the like the one that no one liked so I think it was somewhere in the middle I don't know, it's hard to say, but I do definitely think that it was, like, uh, contributing to, like, bullying others, like, comments or just, like, mean behavior, laughing at someone when they are, like, having, I don't know, like, weak moment or, like, when you had to, uh, I don't know, come to the blackboard and then answer questions of the teacher and you didn't know. And, I mean, everyone should, should just, like, socialize with those people and you're just, like, when you're making, making their time even them, harder, yeah. making fun of them. And especially this, like, I think it's, actually like a huge insecurity you maybe have yourself but then you just want to make yourself feel better than others so you kind of downgrade like their like maybe looks or behavior just by like you know trying to upgrade your own which yeah, is like absolutely. actually really speaking for weakness so yeah 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 isn't that what they say if you meet a bully then you should ask what's going on at home kind of Yeah. Am I just inventing yeah, this no, stuff? You no, guys no. are looking at me. So, I know what yeah, yeah, so what's going on at home? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, that's a long story. <laughs> I have a lovely family, guys. So so when I said uh, I was that kid, I actually was that kid till ninth grade. I was a weird, strange-looking kid, to be honest. Um, With I a bold haircut. Yeah, bold, bold, not bold, bold haircut. <laughs> like that, that, that was proper, like, my, my mother would, like, put a bowl on my head and then cut around and then be like, oh, cut off here and there. Oh, it doesn't look even close enough, whatever. Did she actually do yeah, that? Yeah, she, she did that. With a bowl? What? Yeah, with a bowl. Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to save God. money, man. Yeah, no, Haircuts for kids is expensive. It's not not like anyone cares, apparently. Back in the I, I days when there were no YouTube tutorials how to cut hair, man. Yeah, but... YouTube didn't exist at the time. Yeah. Uh, but I actually really thought the bowl cut was just called a bowl cut. No, 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 no. It's actual bowl. You, like, you get put in front of the TV, which was the best part because I wasn't allowed to watch TV. So you, you're like, hey, a haircut. I got to watch half an hour of TV. Yeah. And you get a bowl in your hand. And you What's going on at your place, yeah, man? Yeah, it's... It sounds sad. You're supposed to ask the bully is what's going on at your place. You're supposed to ask the victim. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, so yeah, I was I was a weird kid. I had a, only a few friends. Um, on top of that, I was I'm extremely dyslexic. Um, so that also comes out in my my vocabulary and my grammar once in a while when I talk. But when I write, it's horrendous. Or when I read, it's horrendous. And on one hand, the teachers were like, "Okay, he got a practice," so they called on me as much as possible to read stuff out. On the other hand. Everyone knew, oh, look, it's Max reading. Time to, like, take a chill pill because it's it's 15 minutes for a page and he's going to say, like, 20 words wrong and it's going to be hilarious because, like, half the words are going to be 
completely the other word. I'm I, just thinking that like it's like forcing you to read in front of everyone when you have these difficulties would be. Yeah, I found a solution to that later when I just walk up to the teacher at the start of the year and be like, I'm super dyslexic. Don't call on me. It's super embarrassing. Yeah. And then you like embarrass yourself once and you don't have to embarrass yourself again, which worked out a lot. Well, but how did, oh, sorry. Yeah, till, till ninth grade, I was a very weird kid, very like didn't really get the social standards either. And then I think I fell on my head or something. Mm -hmm. And then everything turned out really good. Like I, I ended up being part of nerd groups and, you know, some soccer groups, um, but mostly nerd groups. That, that was that was some good times. Do you know, do you remember how you how you did that? Because I was just I was uh, thinking that when, you know, when you were really young as five, six, you just go outside and play and you just happen to befriend the person that is outside playing there at the same time. You don't really... I mean, I still do that, to be honest, but yeah. <laughs> I had an amazing strategy, like whenever we went on summer holidays to be like on a campsite and there's like a bunch of other families with kids. Uh, that must have been like before I turned 10. So my strategy was just to like go up to kids I thought that looked interesting and then I would just stand next to them just like, you know, stand there and just be present. But I wouldn't even super talk to them. Awkward. Yeah. Until they would just, uh, super awkward. Until they would just be like weirded out and they would just like continue including me in their game because it would be so weird that there's like one standing just at the side. And yeah, I think I changed it a little bit, but I'm still going quite like straightforward to like people that I don't know and just like stand next to them, kind of listen to them and then just mix myself into the conversation. So you're the person like when, when I'm out like at a bar with yeah. friends, like we have a nice little circle yeah. of three people you'll just come there and stand there for a while and look at us and smile and like, i would most likely not be so weird anymore i would like come there and maybe, everyone would like, be like who's that girl on drugs yeah, like, no, or who's that girl in our photo I mean, what she is weird. <laughs> why is she like hugging us yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but i would probably say something like hey yeah. i don't know uh, where you come from or like what i don't know and then you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't and if i see it doesn't then i just move on but yeah. I, it's like a really straightforward like, That's approach super practical though like because today you, you do the same thing but you speak yeah like, i added <laughs> the words yeah <laughs> that's i think that's the key thing in this like how to make friends you should actually talk i just imagine like a small marie like waiting next to another person as if it was a bus stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> so but I'm standing there yeah. my mom like my mom has told me so many stories about this like yeah and then you just went to the kids that were doing the dishes at the campsite and you were just like staring at them until they were like playing with you and i was like mm. yeah nice see you know <laughs> it worked it paid off the strategy you did, like the puppy eyes going like hmm I don't. I really don't remember like how how I make friends. I think I'm also quite straightforward. Mm. When growing up, I was always conflicted by the difficulty because it gets harder to make friends. So you always kind of have to create the context where you meet new people. Like I, you won't go up to the bus stop yeah. and be like, "Hey, dude, you want to be my friend?" You I know? I remember when I actually befriended you. I like it was it wasn't a frisbee practice. I I thought she was cool, so I like wanted to suggest we can hang out. So I was thinking like, mm, how do I do this? Like selecting a sentence, going so you, over. You walked up. You stood next to them. And no, just no, 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 no. I walked over and I was like, "Hey, uh, should we play frisbee on the weekend?" And the answer was. Oh, sounds cool, but we're busy that weekend. Mm -hmm. And then, like, the opportunity passed. And I was like, shit, w what do I do now? Like, <laughs> I didn't prepare a second sentence. I was like, uh, okay. And I was just standing there a little stupid until Fatima kind of read the social situation and was responding, being like, ah, but I could give you my number and we can try to hang out another weekend. And I was like, okay, she fixed that. But yeah, <laughs> I was like, I did yeah. only think, like, one step and then I didn't have a plan no, anymore. Oh, you shouldn't have been so nervous. I'm quite nice. <laughs> 
I know, but at this time I was just so lonely and I was like, damn, I need to make need friends. Friend, Fresh off. Friend. Yeah, I do have to say though, like I, I feel like when you're younger or uh, generally the older I get, the less I care. Like the less I'm like, oh, I'm gonna have to like come up with a plan. I mean, that <laughs> recently happened. I just I was like, I want to talk to that person. Walk over, sit down next to them, start talking, works out, whatever, add them on Facebook, move on. Or yeah. just, um, you know, speak English to the people yeah. next to yeah. you in the bus because their character in English yeah, is like so entertaining. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah. Better than the German one. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. We're approaching 30. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Useless. <laughs> Let's try this again. Thank God this isn't live. So, Max, you were talking about, you were saying that since you, like, you grow up and you just don't care anymore. We were talking about making friends, right? And you were saying that you don't really care about the social context. You just go up to someone and you try it. If it doesn't work out, you just... Yeah, I mean, basically, uh, at least I got to a realization that there isn't really anything you're going to lose by talking to someone. I mean, especially, like, on buses, trains, anywhere where there's, like waiting for the toilet that's, that's a great place to start talking to people because they don't have anything to do and you know that they're like checking their phone out of like social awkwardness they're like oh there's like five people waiting here that better pretend to be busy so somewhere along the lines i i developed this sense of like hey let's start talking to random people and there's some people who really don't like this yeah swedish i've noticed since i've gotten here some swedish people will are really creeped out. You could see that they're somehow internally scared. But I feel there's like a lot of social skill in these conversations because you uh, ideally both people share an interest for some kind of topic or curious. So then you like talk and you ask questions and you answer and it flows naturally. And then you also realize when it's dying out. So one party gets like a little more silent and then you just kind of wrap it up and end it. But there's some people who are lacking that ability in like reading those pauses and you, every one of us I guess has experienced like conversations where either you're the one that is like keeping something alive and there's like nothing coming back at you or you're the one being like yeah uh, and it gets like it gets really mixed with like non-verbal language then as well like your mm. body like how your posture is and you may be like using your arms and you're bringing space in between and yeah the best in house drum and bass dum, 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 dum. Electronic. We play strictly club music. 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 We play strictly club music. How? What kind of entourage do you guys have? Do you have people that are so in a sense good for you or not? What? What are? What are our friends groups more or less like? I wouldn't say they're like me. I'm not sure what I seek to be honest. There's there's a certain sense of diversity. I mean, the people I've been hanging out the last four days. Uh, one is Syrian. One is South African. Um, one of them is very quiet, the other one is very loud. Um, they're both pretty intelligent. Um, one of them is really hardworking, the other one isn't. I'm not really hardworking either. Um, but, uh, but you consider yourself intelligent? I think everyone Ooh. does, especially the ones that are the least intelligent. They consider themselves very intelligent. Probably. There's actually a statistic about this, especially with driving and stuff. Like, what was it, 90%? Don't take my word for this, but it's like... 90% of US drivers think they're over average in driving. Uh, I think there's a model that describes exactly this, that like you 
think you know a lot and then the more you actually study and the more you find out the more you become aware that you actually don't know anything and so the curve goes like you know you know nothing and then you study a little bit and you know a lot and you think you're like an expert and then you realize like <gasps> i can never understand the universe and then you just feel dumb again so and i think that's like actually like hard depression yeah. they call like lewis Louis model or something. I think it has a name. But yeah, you start and you're like, how hard could this be? This is easy. This uh, is easy. Uh, I know everything. And, it, and it you just down. like discover that the world is a huge place with a lot of knowledge in it. Yeah, I fe- actually felt like that in in uh, in uh, uh, gymnasium. Ah, uh, I would also s- ad- admit like that I'm doing the same like Max. Like I'm also surrounding myself with people that are more complementary to. Uh, what I am not so I'm searching like the character traits that I maybe don't have that much uh, so altogether we are like a good team that's cool yeah but I also think there's parts of parts of me when it comes to when I'm thinking about my the people that surround me I have people that definitely lift me up that are good for me but then I also have people surrounding me that that I kind of want to be like but in more of a jealous sense uh, which I think is not really healthy. Mm. Do you have you like have you ever felt that way? Yeah, I I think I have some fr- like I'm generally having a problem with comparing myself too much, mm. which is never good because you can only be you. And uh, so I have some friends that I'm like admiring in that way, and I think I've been gotten a little bit better in terms of just being like happy for them for their achievements, and then. I'm also happy for what I achieve and it doesn't have to be the same because, you know, yeah. it's different. Yeah. And I generally think that's what I'm trying to do a little bit more to uh, stop saying there's better and worse, but to say that it's only different. So we have reached the end of this episode in the show about nothing. We talked a lot about social identities, group identities, and Fatima got the chance to explain why she's not a bully. I hope you enjoyed it. Abandon ship. Remember, never take off your shoes and socks while in public transportation. Oh my god, we're approaching 30. Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) Useless. Let's try this again. Thank god this isn't live. You've just heard a podcast version of a radio show by K103 Gothenburg Student Radio. You'll find all our shows at k103.se. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Stay tuned.